Welcome to the Made Up Savannah podcast. I'm your host, Dee Daniels, and this is a Savannah Snippets episode. This time it's all about concepts and culture. The richness of Savannah's restaurant scene is a constant conversation among locals and visitors. Is it the food? Is it the scenery? Perhaps it's both. I had a chance to sit down with Jamie Durrance, managing partner with Daniel Reed Hospitality, also named Restaurateur of the Year, to chat about some of the most visited and most popular concepts in Savannah. The public kitchen and bar, Artillery, Franklin's, Local 1110, Perch, and Soho South to get the dish from him. And later in the episode, I sit down with Peter Roberts, curator at Location Gallery, to find out how the art community is not only celebrating and showcasing the scenery that Savannah and coastal Georgia, but actually helping to make it even more electric. And while you're enjoying the episode, check out the legendary locals who make it all possible in our show notes. Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, proudly serving Greater Savannah since 1978, a progressive multi-generational company committed to offering clients unparalleled service throughout their real estate journeys, wherever they might take them. Spectrum Printing and Marketing, your one source, printing, promotion, and apparel. McManamy Jackson and Hollis, your local real estate law firm, and Michael Caputo and the team at First Coast Mortgage, buying made simple so you can love where you live. The idea of Franklin's really was, um, let's think about how we can expand the brand of what we call One West Liberty, which is artillery, public, um, and now Franklin's, and make them work together as a team collaboratively. We don't offer breakfast at public, so it was kind of a, a way of giving our customers something all day. You've got right. Franklin's in the morning, even though it's open all day. Right. You've got public for lunch and dinner, and then you've got artillery in the evening. So it just kind of comes full circle. Artillery is just ridiculous. It is so, there's such a vibe going on there that, I mean, I remember uh, the first couple of times we went and we're like, wow, this is the coolest little place we've ever been. And and it was just this, I don't know, it, it, the cocktails, the the bartenders, everyone there, everyone was so knowledgeable, and and it was this upscale moment. But you didn't feel like you had to be dressed in a certain way, or you had to be having a certain kind of evening to go. It was this like, oh, I feel fancy in here, but I'm okay with what I'm wearing. Yeah. Like it's you know, it was you're that. Not wearing a hat, we don't really like hats. No hats and no something else, like no tank tops or something. That would be nice. Okay, too, yeah, but, but I mean, I, I'm generally not in a hat or a tank top, so <laughs> I felt fine when I walked in the door. <laughs> but that was such a great experience, and and we experienced that before we moved here several years ago and we were just visiting and we we also experienced soho for the first time um which is now just an event space and it was a restaurant at the time and it was like wow this that was the first restaurant we went to um in savannah the very first and it was yeah and it was on it was on a recommendation and this is what i think what year was that i can't remember the year i I just it was so interesting did we have fried chicken on the menu yes we did yes okay so that was after we changed the it was it was more recent than to some degree okay yeah the thing thing about soho that drove, drove me absolutely nuts is that in 2013 um the lady that owned soho was bonnie she was great but she did not want to sell that building um it was her baby it was her business and I just started going over there having conversations with her about it, you know, and, and anyway, she agreed to sell it. She ended up um, 
being diagnosed with cancer and passed away, I don't know, maybe a year later. So it was all really good luck and fortune of the universe again right. coming together right. for that partnership to, uh, to make that happen. Oh my gosh, I couldn't walk down the street. I mean, people would stop me and say, um, you cannot take the tuna and the swat salad off the menu. <laughs> you know, you cannot get rid of this. Oh, no. You cannot get rid of that. Oh, and no. it drove me nuts. I couldn't even walk to the bank. I mean, this it was crazy. Wow. I'm not, this is the truth. And finally, I think that went on for like three years and I just scrapped the entire menu. Yes. Put fryers in there and started over again. Right. You know, it was a very ladies' lunch of Savannah atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Whenever Bonnie, there's lots of cold cut sandwiches and, um, you know, it was, it was, it was good. Um, but we also, we needed something different there. So, right. um, but I, we loved having the lunch service there. Um, but really the problem with the lunch service was that we, well, first of all, going back to, you know, successes and failures, um, when we purchased Soho and opened it, we opened it for lunch and dinner. Um, dinner was a huge failure. Mm-hmm. Nobody could wrap their head around going to Soho in the evening time. It goes back to that saying, you know, you are what you are, what you are. Yes. And having the restaurant, having been there as a lunch place for so long, it just wasn't exciting for people. Um, so we, I quickly realized that I had to pivot. I mean, I think we opened in November and then I closed down, um, dinner service the following calendar year. So mm-hmm. December, the following calendar year, we were done with that and I needed a way to find more revenue. So we thought events. So, um, we brought on Elise Sweeney. She helped us um, build a package out. And what happened really was is that the event started to take off. But then here, more recent years, we were doing 80 to 100 events a year. Well, they're all on you know Friday and Saturday, Sunday or Thursday, typically. Our busiest lunch shifts are, of course, Thursday, Friday, right. Saturday, Sunday. Um, I hated the furniture in there, the old mismatched furniture. Mm-hmm. But that was part of the appeal of Soho. Right. So anytime we did an event, we would have to open for lunch um, at 11, close at 3, throw all of that mismatched furniture into what felt like a back of a pickup truck. Or I would go rent U-Hauls because there wasn't enough room for it. Um, And then set up for a wedding, tear it all down, bring all the stuff back out, open for business the next morning at 7 a.m. It was exhausting. Oh, so when coronavirus came along and I said, hmm, this might be a good time to time to streamline this. Yeah. Situation. So we just yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great, I mean, and that was the time. I mean, we, we were there for that short time where there was lunch and it was just amazing. I mean, it was, it was great. And we fell in love with the space yeah. and then we're like, wow, of course, of course people want to have weddings here. Yeah. Of course this is the place to have events. I mean, yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful space. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I get it. I get, I mean, now looking at artillery, looking at, you know, uh, the public, looking at all of these places, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get the, I get the theme. I get the vibe. I get, I get all of it. It's very electric. And I think so much of it is obviously due to creativity at the helm and, you know, congrats to that because it comes across so much. I mean, and you've obviously been, with your hands in the in the food culture here for quite some time, what do you think it is about Savannah's food culture that makes it so special? It's an interesting question. I mean, if you go on to go to Google and you type in, you know, Savannah's hot food scene, 
an article will come up and it's the 10, you know, must tries of Savannah. I mean, it ranges from, you know, Randy's Barbecue, this mm-hmm. little shack on the street down mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. Um, to local, 1110, to the Pink House, to the Gray, to Cotton and Rye, um, you know, Mellow Mushroom. You just, you, there's just a pulse. I really feel like it's more the energy and the spirit of Savannah than it is the food. I mean, if you go to a different city, right, and you take a vacation, you're going to be there for a weekend or whatever. Well, part of your journey is finding a place to eat, right? Yes. But the journey of the food scene is not, you know, just about the food. It's also about, you know, how long is it going to take you to walk or Uber there and how you're going to get back after you've been drinking. And the food might look good, but really there's this ambiance thing that is so important now for people where, you know, a lot of people could just be fine getting mediocre food sitting in a fabulous place so they can wear their red pumps. Right. You know, so um, but Savannah just has a very eclectic mix of restaurants i think i mean it's changed so much you know back when i was managing bistro you know you could walk out your door to left or right and find some restaurants but now it's just packed there's restaurants everywhere i think that um it's important to also like for me as a as a restaurant owner and someone who's tried to develop a brand and we when we look at artillery public soho franklin's local you know, Skyfair, the private aviation catering company, Daniel Reed Catering Events, they all work really congruently together as a brand. And that's something that we've that we've really tried to do. There are times where I feel like there is this need or push for people to, you know, lease out any space they can lease out and open a restaurant for the sake of opening a restaurant. Right. It's just not it's not the way I do it. But, you know, some people are that way. Um, So there are lots of good restaurants. I think there are some great restaurants. And then there's just a lot of restaurants. But there's something for everybody. Yeah. You know? You and I have had many conversations about the creative community and, and where it's going as a whole, because you and I have been in other states and other places yeah. and, and where it's going here. And, and, and I think there is this, this thirst here and in other places too, but we feel it here because we live here that it's like, we, we want the artist and the creative community to get exactly what they deserve because yeah. they're putting so much of themselves in and on something mm-hmm. all the time, all the time. Yeah. And it's funny because people say, oh, I love to live in an art town. I'm like, well, you kind of have to buy the art. Yes. So you can keep the artists That's here right. making the art. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a lovely sentiment, but you kind of have to support. It's a two-way relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you think we're getting there um, here in Savannah? Do you think that's... I think we are. I mean, yeah. I think it's always been a constant. I think, I think perhaps, you know we could have more, you know, like private public partnerships mm. or private private partnerships. Right. You know, like our model here, people could do that. But I don't know if they sort of understand all the work that goes in right. and pulling the shows together and the marketing and the PR and the social media and, 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 and. Yeah. Um, I don't know if 
that, you know, there are very many local businesses that could commit to doing that mm-hmm. or would want to commit to doing that. Right. Or have the staff or the time or the, right. there's a lot of work that goes There's into. a lot of work and, you know, I'm independent, but it's also, I'm able to do it because I'm able to sell my work elsewhere and also promote here as well as my own promote here. But it, it's a, it's a chicken or the egg, right? Mm. Um, you know, I think it would be more encouraging for possibly the city to say, hey, we're going to apply for these arts grants and you as a business, you know, you can apply to make your place an art space. Right. You know, I think it's got to be some, again, like a private public relationship Mm -hmm. or an incentive. Yeah. Um, You know, because everyone always asks, like, why don't we have like, you know, an, an arts district here? I said, because Savannah's like the real estate's too valuable. Mm. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> there's really not a lot. Right. You know, insofar as that type of commercial property. Yeah. So I don't know if that if that's a reality. Right. You know? And some people too feel like, you know, it's sort of like the he- the healthy section in a grocery store, right? It's like, couldn't the whole grocery store just have some healthy stuff? Is it like that for the art community? It's like Savannah's pretty artsy everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, we had several galleries closed last year, but I think that's just more of a, just a normal ebb and flow. Yes. Um, Yes. It would be nice to see probably like more, it would be nice to see like the city do something where, you know, they have an art fest like in Forsyth Park with booths and, you know, have a hundred artists or mm. 500 or whatnot. Right. Right. You know, and make that sort of a staple of the Savannah scene, mm-hmm. you know, make yeah. that because then it becomes more uh, internet or nationally recognized, regionally, nationally and then internationally. Right. Right. You know? Right. Um, I, I don't think we'll ever get to the level of like an art Basel, but it would be nice. It would be nice. Um, it's a, it's a tricky time, I think. Yeah. You know, uh, 23, you know, we're all booked up and now I'm like, oh gosh, these other artists need to sell work. guess better do some pop-ups. That's right. You know? Yeah. Which goes very well here. Yeah. Pop-ups go over yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a, that's always a fun thing and people are looking for them now. They're like, oh, where's their pop-up? What's going on here? Can, right. You know. Right. So, yeah, I think that that would work well. Um, speaking of being booked up this year, what, what are we looking for in, at Location Gallery? Oh, boy. Uh, Bellamy Murphy, local fave, is going to bring Asaba Island into the gallery. Ooh. So July is a duet show. That's probably been 30 years in the making. Fun. <laughs> With... My good friend, Melody Postma, and I are finally doing a joint show together. Nice. All about summer travel. And then we're doing the uh, Hospice Summer Nights event with the Soy E Soy group, who are a group of Latin indigenous uh, artists here in Savannah. So that'll be a fun, fun mm-hmm. night. I think the title of that is... Uh, Colores Calidos. Oh, wow. So that'll be a good one. And then we are doing Ruby McGrory and Max Feist as a pop show pop-up. 
And then we're doing Savinopoly again in October. Wow. Busy. Yeah. Busy, busy. Well, it's nice to like have it all like laid out in, in, in turn just so we can you know, look at other things and potentially do other projects mm-hmm. that, you know, we haven't had the ability to do before. Right. Because we've just been chasing our tails. You're always working and planning and, and somehow finding time to do your own art, which is fantastic. What what moves you art-wise? What, what was the last time you were struck and moved? By to-do work or somebody else's work? Yeah, either way. Either way. Uh, Maybe both. Actually, at the Look Show at Sulphur Studios, Christina Edwards had an incredible piece on uh, plexiglass that I was like, what the what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, you tricked me. Right. Because she works in encaustics, and I was like, oh, it's not encaustic. Wow. It was very cool. Very cool. I miss her. She's in Miami, but hopefully she'll come back. Come back, Christina. So that was a that was a move you moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, wow, that's really rocking. I mean, it's interesting because you'd think I'd be so I'd be jaded by now about right, people's right, work, right. but I'm just not. Yeah. I'm like, how'd you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, you're you're still curious. And no, you're, yeah. You're still movable. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and I just you know I love I love like so many of my artist friends that are like banging it out and shows in New York or LA and, you know, people are really kind of spreading their wings because, you know, we're all sort of on this trajectory and then COVID happened mm. and everything just sort of went, rrr, rrr, rrr. Yeah. you know, I mean, I, my last head case show before Artbox was, uh, Friday the 13th in Manhattan of 2020. Oh, wow. So the night before my opening, my big opening in, in mm. Manhattan was, the uh, was the night Broadway shut down. Oh gosh. So it's like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. But we've made it through. Yeah. We've changed. We're different. Different, better, stronger, right? faster. Yeah, all the things. <laughs> all the things we we weren't sure. There was a lot of fear around that, which doesn't mix well with no. art and creative sometimes. And trying to grow and... Yeah, and figure out your next move. Yeah. And, um, you know, you always have to have your dance card full in this business. We'd love for you to share this podcast with someone you love or even someone you don't love. You never know, it could mend defense. Make sure to follow the Made Up Savannah podcast so it's always in your podcast feed. And you can follow along with what we're doing on Instagram, at Made of Savannah on Instagram. 